The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, and we're back together. And we're sitting down. The team is back together, and we are sitting in my office. This is the first time the two of us... We're back with bad backs. Yeah, we are. We're back. I'm sitting down. My back is still... Uh, sore, but it is yeah. definitely getting better, which is, um, you know, good news. And we're in the, same, in the right direction. And we're in the same room. We're in the same room, which is just that there's been a long time since that's happened as well. Yeah. So who knows what'll happen? Yeah. Probably we will have forgotten how to do it. <laughs> the magic won't happen anymore. We won't have that rapport that we used to have, you know, with each other in person. It is a very different thing to do because, I mean, Mike Howell does a very good job, I think, of mm. uh, making it sound like we're in the same room, regardless of where we are in the world. But often when we're recording, you know, we're recording down a Skype line. We might yeah. not be in like, you know, I'm in some hotel room or you're, you know, on the road somewhere. We're in some country where we don't have great internet. And there well, can also be... Also Australia. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. we, we're in Australia where we don't have good internet. We have terrible, terrible internet. We spent millions and millions of dollars coming up with worse internet than we had when we started that process. We are indeed the lucky country. Yeah, we... Uh... We struggled last week. I'm not sure if you can people... I haven't heard the episode back, but there's a couple of times on both ends where the line cut out and you're only getting every like fourth or fifth word. But I think we manfully were able to pick up the thread of what was being said and at least approximate an answer. Well, what was happening at my end is often you would freeze and then as if the Skype had known it was frozen but needed to catch up to real time. I'd then get a little like really quick version of you on like double speed and then just like I get the gist of what you were saying yeah. and the final few words as we caught up to real time and then I would just go, I reckon I can guess most of what he said in that <laughs> sentence. I reckon I got the gist of it. Well, my go-to is generally to laugh. But, <laughs> but my fear is in one of these kind of like communication breaks, you're going to be saying, and that's when I found out I had cancer. <laughs> Well, firstly, I wouldn't be revealing that on the podcast. I'd be saving that for a tour. <laughs> <laughs> I sat on this fucking Wagga Wagga airplane story for a year. You think I'm going to sit on a cancer tour? Of course. Oh, part, no, part of me is actually, that's, that's part of my plan. When I'm diagnosed with whatever illness it is that's going to kill me, I'm like, great. There's like an eight episode for Tofop. I mean, this <laughs> we'll is, put that on the Patreon. Yeah, that's pretty much the only reason to have a podcast these days. Yeah, is in the hope that one or the other of us gets a terminal disease and that <laughs> kicks us back into the iTunes ratings. <laughs> That's our plan. Yeah. When, so it's going to be a big new year for us in 2018. We've yeah. got some big plans for the podcast. Yeah. When we sat down with Claire and James from Planet Broadcasting, they said, what are your plans for the future? I'm like, well, yeah. one of us plans to uh, uh, contract a terrible disease and uh, hopefully we can make some good content out of that. Yeah. We're just hoping that one of us has like a 12-month illness arc. <laughs> That's we, what we'd really like. You're hide. <laughs> Tofot, we're dying now. <laughs> It is weird though. Like we don't, we don't have. If we were like a comedy, like a proper comedy team, like yes. a Martin and Lewis or something, right? We uh, would have mission and we would have standard things that we could slip into. But I think that we, apart from like occasionally talking about like time travel or whatever, we don't really have. Like when I come to sit down here, I'm, I don't feel like I know what's how it's going to start. Like no. some, sometimes I'll think of something I want to talk about and we'll never get to it. Sometimes we start talking about something I want to talk about, and we never finish it. So it's not like. When we come back together after a break, I'm like, oh shit, how does it go? Because like, I'm like that every fucking week. How does it go this week? It's jazz, Charlie. It, it's jazz. Yeah, man. Conversational jazz. It's conversational <laughs> jazz. And much like jazz, eventually, if we just freestyle enough, we'll end up repeating the exact same things that we normally do. 
It's jazz. Jazz. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't go anywhere. It's jazz. It's very niche and it's not really for a mainstream audience. It's jazz. Well, I was thinking about our show. It's something you can't really explain your fascination with to your friends. <laughs> it's jazz. jazz. Sounds like a silent but deadly. It's jazz. jazz. People should start clicking at our gigs yeah. if they like a particular riff. Next time we do like an opera house show, like when the robot comes out yeah. on stage, people should like, yeah. It's jazz. I wonder if we What's could do that. like? Oh, it's kind of like, you know. Shit. It's May- podcasting jazz. Maybe we should just do a one-off show where the challenge is we will pay the audience like 50 bucks each if, we, if we can get through an entire show with only clicking. Firstly, but why? if anyone claps or laughs, then we get 50 bucks from them. <laughs> I was going to say, why do all your ideas for this podcast start with us giving our That's money away? prize money. No, it's prize money. The challenge to the audience is okay. we're going to do a show, right. but the only reaction you're allowed to give us yes. is to click your fingers. You yes. can't laugh. You can't chuckle. You can't talk. You can't scream. You can't do whatever. Right. Your only response. So whether we're traumatizing you or being hilarious, the only response can be this. So it's a test of nerves because I think we could pull some tricks out that would get someone and then that owe us 50 bucks and then the tour we've paid for would have been worth it. The eight grand we laid out for airfares, accommodation, venue hire, door staff, bar staff, well, we got 50 bucks from Julie who couldn't stop laughing. Hang on, are they paying for the show as well? Or do they get in for free and then there's just the 50 bucks either way is on the line? They can either earn 50 bucks or they have to give 50 bucks. Because can't we just charge them 50 bucks to come to the show? No, it's 50 bucks on top of the 50 bucks. Yeah, okay. But we're not charge 50. We'll, charge, we'll do like a th- two, no, 300. Let's, let's at least cover our costs. In okay, the first so place. a thousand seater? Yeah, a thousand seater. Well, that would increase our odds bucks. of getting someone to laugh. Yeah, exactly. And we'll, obviously, we'll have to have some stuff up our sleeve for the end of the show. Yeah. If they haven't like laughed or yeah. like. We'll have to like. Hamish Nandy on the side of the stage. Some genuinely funny people. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the long uh, sought after reunion of Tony Martin and Big Boy. <laughs> They're back together, guys. I reckon this is. Guys, like- we've got Monty Python out the back. Well, I put yourself in the audience's uh, shoes. Like, who, who's your favorite comedian? Who, who do you always laugh when you go and see? It's very hard for me to say this now, uh, you know, knowing that in about okay, six favorite, weeks we, like, will, film. we will find out that they've been fucking a pineapple for 16 years in meetings or something. You, you generally like Will Ferrell films, right? Uh, I would say that my favorite comedian is Dylan Moran. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. I've been trying to think, because we've lost a few mm-hmm. through their own uh, bad behavior. Uh, but it's hard to have heroes in my industry at the moment. And I, I was thinking the other day of like, who's the one that I can't lose? Yeah. Who's the one that if it comes up that he's been behaving badly, I'm like, I don't want to lose Dylan Moore. Yeah. So I'm going to say Dylan Moore. I mean, that's a thing. I was talking to someone the other day about this. I'm like, at the moment, I'm okay because everyone who's been outed, I don't really care about that much. But I know one day it's going to be someone I care about. Right. It, yeah. I mean, it, well, it's been hitting close to home. And look, <clears throat> by the way, you know, I'm, that's not to say that, uh, you know, if people are going to do these things, they have to answer for the things that they have done. Of course. Um, it's just hard to believe in anyone anymore. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the problem. Because as we know, Charlie, men are terrible. <laughs> men are absolutely terrible. And we've been terrible forever. But the world was set up so that we could be terrible. And we didn't realize that we were terrible because we were just being the same as all the other men. And that was just the standard. It turns out that was a terrible standard. Mm. And all the other people in the world have not really been happy with that standard. And it feels like that's an appropriate thing to be voiced and the world to change. Yeah, I'm in favor of that. Uh, but I do. But I th- you do feel like... I mean, for me, I feel like I'm waking up from a dream or something. Like I've been having this dream where everything's great in my world because everything works out for me because everything's great. <laughs> yeah. And then I've woken up and like part of the house is on fire and there's right. people having a really bad time. And, and they're saying, what do you mean? Like, how could you not notice it? I'm like, well, I was in my bedroom. I was having a great right. sleep. Everything was great in my world. They're like, well, shit's not great in the house in general. I was at the movies watching people like me do great in movies. <laughs> <laughs> in everything they tried. I didn't realize that everybody else in the world was having a different experience. But what I'm saying is like, there's shit that I, I'm I, like, I'm waking up to all the time. Yeah. Like, and I think that's a good thing. I mean, I was having a conversation online the other day. But I'm not, but I, but I, but I can't be expected to know shit in advance. Like sometimes I wouldn't have thought of something until someone goes, Hey, that's fucked up. And I'm like, Oh, okay, well, cool. I, just let me think about that. Yeah. Well, that's I, why I think I, that the fear that that's people are living in now yeah. is like, well, shit, like what else have I understood to be normal that, you know, 
maybe is wrong. Like, Well, I think the first thing that we should do in that situation, because I've been thinking about this a lot as well, because, you know, I, like everybody, have things from my past that, you know, I, you know, am not proud of. And so what do you do with that? Are those, you talking those, about that Maxi Bond commercial? My, Charlie, that was exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> you knew that. Yeah. <laughs> that Maxi Bond commercial. <laughs> Hashtag Maxi Bond 2. Yeah. Like, guys, this, yeah, this is my thing. <laughs> I have really hijacked a very great <laughs> campaign with my hashtag MaxiBond2 yeah. campaign. Yeah, I'm going to do a press release tomorrow. I'm going to do a press conference where I want to talk about like uh, something happened to me when I was yep. in the industry where I felt uh, abused. I felt humiliated. It was a show called Canal Road. Yep. Uh, <laughs> aired on Channel 9 for, yep. for two weeks and eight times. When I look back, uh, the clue should have been that anal was in the title. <laughs> yeah. It was right there every day. Um, what do you do with that? Well, I think what you do with that is that you try to be better, right? You try to acknowledge, you try to see all these things and instead of going, well, maybe I've behaved poorly in the past, mm. um, I won't become one of those people who thinks that all this behavior is acceptable because, you know, I'm covering up for the fact that I've done something, I've behaved in a way that I'm not proud of. I will try to be a person who doesn't behave in that way anymore and I will try to see how, you know, your actions affect other people and those sort of things. It's, I mean, it's a theme that I've been thinking about a lot when I've been talking, just reading all this stuff about what's been mm. going on. Um, you know, it, this is a, this podcast was what I was going to say. I was having a conversation online the other day about, um, and I won't go into the details of it too much, but it was around a comedian who someone who follows me had had an objection to some language they were using. And the language they were using uh, was uh, ableist language, but it was the sort of ableist language, I can't remember what it was, they'd use the word moron or they'd use the word idiot in a way that had... Is that not well anymore? Idiot and moron? I think moron... Uh, in particular, can be uh, perceived to be ableist language. Now, I okay, so this is the thing, right? We're not at a point now where we think that makes sense. Yeah. I can understand how this comedian was like, oh, come on. Yeah. Like, you know. This is the equivalent of, look, we've just woken up in the right. house on fire. Let me just have a shower and a cup of coffee <laughs> first. Right. Just process it, and then I'll, I'll, I'll come in with some, with some solutions. But then when we started this doing this podcast, you know, seven, eight years ago, whenever it was, um, you know, there were things that we talked about on the podcast then that we would just wouldn't no. talk about today or we wouldn't talk about in the same way. Um, I had somebody, you know, start listening to this podcast and they started at the start, which is not something I ever recommend. No, I always... Don't start at the start. Do you, do you give them like a number? I generally say start at about 40. Yeah, yeah, about 40 or 50. Or I would say, listen to some recent ones. Yeah. Get the vibe of what we're like now. Yeah. And then do some time travel. <laughs> Go back in time to when we were less evolved and we, you know, use words that we perhaps don't use now. And I don't... Like, I still love doing the podcast in the same way as I loved doing it back then. I don't feel like, you know, it's like... Some people are like, because they once joked about, you know, prison sex and now they feel uncomfortable that that is something that people are like, well, you know, that's like male rape. It's actually an issue and it's probably not something that's like actually hilarious. You can be two people in that situation. Mm. You can be the person who goes, well, I said it once. So now I'm going to die on my hill defending this forever that you should yeah. be able to say whatever you want so I can protect what I once said. Mm. And you can be that, well, political correctness is killing comedy and all these sort of things. Yeah. Or you can be a person who goes, yeah, well, I don't think that's appropriate now. And so then when somebody raises, particularly someone from the, dis uh, I don't want to say, from the disability community, raises with someone, hey, you know, the word moron has these historical roots where it was actually used to classify, you know, you know blah, blah, blah then there's a part of me that goes, well, even though I know that we're, I understand why the comedian and the comedian in me would be a bit like, oh, come on, that wasn't what I meant. I wasn't trying to be, you know, that. Mm. I still think there's like, it's good that we're having that conversation. Like, it's good to go, okay, well, I mean, I'd like to listen to what you think. Yeah. I can then afterwards still, you know, make my own decisions and make my own mistakes and whatever. But I actually think it's good that we live in a world now where, I don't know. It's hard though, right? It's We're moving so quickly. What's the saturation? And people feel so left behind and so judged. If you, like, and I've got to be careful about this myself. Don't judge someone for not knowing something that you only learned, you know, six weeks ago. Yeah. You know, there seems to be so many people who jump on board a thing like, 
you know, even with changing the date of Australia Day, which is something that I think, you know, I would like to see an Australia Day that we could all celebrate. Um, I'm not a person who wants to like force that down, you know, people's throats because 10 years ago, I worked at a radio station where we had a, you know, hottest 100 on Australia Day. So if I didn't know 10 years ago, then yeah. there's going to be some people that's going to take another 10 years or another 20 yeah. years for them to get to the point where they know and they get it. So don't try to, I'm trying to be a bit more careful about, let's not immediately judge someone who isn't quite as enlightened as you who only became enlightened six weeks ago. There's a documentary called I Am. We may have talked about this before. <clears throat> it's direct, uh, made by the director. If directed... there is any trope to this podcast, Charlie, it is the trope of, we may have talked about this before. <laughs> yes, <I> <laughs> and if we did, we probably didn't finish the anecdote. So please, let's finish it for the people. That's his documentary. It's a guy who was a really successful Hollywood director, directed all Jim Carrey's films, was like a multimillionaire, oh, yeah. bought a bunch of houses and stuff, but then found himself miserable. So this whole documentary is him interviewing like psychologists and sociologists about what is happiness and what does it mean to just have material possessions, but no interaction with the community and blah, blah, blah. And there's this one nature documentary uh, filmmaker they're talking to who says, when you watch like uh, animals in the wild, He's gone, it's very rare that you have like an alpha animal who's like, hey, shitheads, this is what we're doing today. We're going to go lie under the trees, we're going to go hunting, then we go to the wall. All right, follow me. Like we have this image of, you know, nature being like there's alpha dominant, you know, it's a survival of the fittest, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so the Lion King. The Lion King, the exactly. Lion King didn't... A monkey comes out, picks the leader, <laughs> sticks it into the air. We got it from that documentary, that David Attenborough documentary, <laughs> The, the Lion, Lion King. King. But they have this footage of, I think it's like antelope or something, and it's the middle of the day where the sun's at the highest, and so they have to find a water source. And that you see these animals mill around, and it's not like one leader says, all right, we're heading in this direction because that's where I think the water's going to be. The animals just sort of mill around, and then they start shifting until the 51st percentile of them start moving in a certain direction. And once they tip over in the majority, then they all go off right. in that group. And they're saying like wisdom of the crowd, wisdom of the crowd. And I, that's when you're talking about people catching up on this stuff, I think you're right. Like if you're standing at the front, like the alpha male, like fuckheads, this is how it is. That's not how things work. Like we all, we have to walk as slow as the slowest walker, like to bring those people in. I mean, it's frustrating and it's easy again for me to, from my seat of privilege to say that, but I agree with you. I think, well, you could just get further and further out the front. That's the problem, right? Like if you, consider yourself just to be someone we'll go after this and then we'll go after this and then we'll sometimes what you forget to do is like you need to bring all these people with you and like i mean i think yeah i i think we both agree that this country took way too long to recognize same-sex relationships but we finally got there mm. and i think part of the reason we took so long is the people who got it didn't spend enough time making sure that the people who didn't get it got it you know, and I think with all, a lot of these things, if you really want to change something, it's not good enough to just believe in something and to post your thing <laughs> and say, uh, I believe in same-sex marriage or I believe in changing the I've, cha I've changed my profile picture. Yeah. Done. You've got to do something to convince... I had a dream about changing my profile right. picture. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even do it. I just had a dream about <laughs> and it. And when I woke up, my house was on fire and everyone was screaming at me. Right. So say you need that critical mass, right? You yeah. need that 51% to agree that you know, women should be, you know, treated, you know, respectfully and blah, blah, blah. Like the, you need that 51% to say that, you know, same sex marriage should have the same rights as other marriages. You need that 51% to, you know, change climate change or whatever it is. Often what we do is that 10% or 15% or 20% out the front, they just all, you know, sit around and have their conversations with each other and, you know, get further and further in that little bubble. Yeah. And they forget that they not only need that 30% who are a step or two behind them, but you probably need like that other 10% yeah. who are like three or four steps behind them. What are you doing to convince them? Like in You're a way, yelling at them. Well, that's the thing. Scolding right? them. So the, the 26th of January thing, I wrote a routine um, for, you know, my fire at wheel show a couple of years ago. It's on stand. So I think you can actually see most of my routine about it. And then once you're done with that, you switch over to Wolf Creek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get your stand, download you, your stand yeah. and you can watch uh, my routine about Australia Day. And you can watch uh, me getting hunted in the outback. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's worth your subscription for a minimum of a month. <laughs> if, you, I would have thought. if you love Will and kind of hate me, yeah. <laughs> it's the perfect night in. Or if you hate us both and you want to disagree with me. <laughs> But when I wrote that routine, the one thing that I didn't do was I, I didn't make it about 
the actual thing it's about, which is like Invasion Day. I tried to write a routine of, you know, talking about the fact we've only really celebrated it on that day for 20 years and that, you know, it isn't even really Australia's day, it's Sydney's day and found other more relatable, are you? <laughs> I get going. <laughs> yeah, more relatable ways to talk about it because I wasn't trying to convince the people who already believe that we shouldn't do it on that day because, yeah. you know, of the invasion You weren't going to preach to the converted. Right. I wanted to talk to that next group of people that if you explain this in a, just wouldn't it be, don't you, wouldn't you like it more if we had a day that we could all just feel proud of and all, you know, have a good day on? Mm. And there is a reasonable amount of people who, if you start with that, who go, yeah, actually I'd prefer if, you know, we didn't fight about our national day every year. It was a day that we could all celebrate. Yeah. And then you start to go, well, you know, it's only been on that date specifically for 20 years and they go really yeah and you start to talk about the fact that it really should be 1901 uh, the first and you know people start to go oh you've got me in and now that like you've talked about this you're right that's yeah maybe yeah. we can't but so often we're just yelling yeah i read lawrence mooney i heard an interview with him once where he was talking about i think he did a one-man show based on driving a cab and so he'd spent a lot of time yeah, he drove a cab he, he drove learned, a cab. he learned to be, become a cab driver and then he drove a cab yeah and he told this story about chatting to one cab driver who was an ex-cop and lawrence said oh, how do you handle a group of drunk guys piling into your cab and he's gone well the worst thing you can do is yell at them take them on like you're just going to piss them off he's gone you pick one of them normally the guy in the passenger seat and you ask for his help you say hey mate could you just give me a hand like settling your mates down otherwise you know the cops might pull us over or whatever and then generally that guy was like, yeah, okay, hey, yeah. settle down, guys. <laughs> because he didn't, yeah, it's the same philosophy, essentially. It's like, right. you, you know, you, you're not, you're going to, was it a check more flies with honey than vinegar or some shit? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I so mean, that when you're sense. driving your cab, have honey. <laughs> have honey. <laughs> so, you mix them up. If you want to have a cab full of flies, here's what you say, <laughs> I believe. If I could just sum it Break up. Break it down. If you would yep. like a cab full of flies, yep. do not take vinegar. No, take vinegar. Don't take honey. You catch more flies with honey. Yeah. Well, are you trying to catch the fly? No, you don't want to. Okay. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. You're right. <laughs> so... So you lure you the lure flies, flies in to your cab and then get with the honey. You just to be a prick, you wave some vinegar in their snouts. Take that, you stinging bastards! When I was a child, my parents were killed by bees. I was up. Uh, they're flies, mate. They're not even bees. Oh, flies. I mean, you have to get the honey from the bees in the first place. So I Michael Bait in my imagination. I Michael Bait it. It wasn't spectacular enough. That's what you flies. need the vinegar for. You give the vinegar to the bees, and they give you the honey. So the vinegar is important for butter. Yeah, fuck, mate. Vinegar is like mulled wine. <laughs> yeah, for bees a bee. love they it. love that yeah, shit. Post honey making. It's like actually banned in most hives. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to go on the dark the dark web, which is run by a spider. <laughs> Charlotte.com. We have just invented an, an adult animated movie. Charlotte's Dark Web. Charlotte's Dark Web. That's so good, though, because... So stuck all over the web right. are, like, weapons, drugs, pornography. Right. <laughs> I, I love that. It's a gritty reboot of Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Dark Web. Yeah, Charlotte's Dark Web. What is the plot? Do you remember the plot line of Charlotte's Web? I can look it up. Wilbur is a, can... Wilbur's a pig. He comes to a farm. It's a pretty good pig. He's a bit dumb. And so Charlotte teaches him how to read or some shit. Because okay. she writes good pig in the web. That's all I remember. All right. Let's, let's, <laughs> um, what the plot I'm going to find out what the plot is. And then we'll see how we just change it. Because this is how we're going to pitch it. Yeah. We're essentially just going to print off Wikipedia of the plot. Yeah. And then we're just going to put the dark web in it. <laughs> so here's the plot summary. After a father spares the life of a piglet from slaughtering it as a run to the litter. Wow. Okay, so... Well, do we do, are we doing it live action? Yeah, live action. So they've got to <laughs> be... we get the babe technology? No, oh, no, sorry. No, they're real. Like, we're making them all people. This is like a... It's oh, based okay. on Charlotte's Web, but this is like I a, prefer it with the little f furry creatures and singing animals, but they're dealing in the dark web. Okay, all right. We'll all animate right. it. Okay. It, we'll make we'll it... We'll do a, two. Yeah. <laughs> no, this... We can... It's the kind of... The guys from South Park decide they want to do like a gritty reboot of like... Uh, Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Dark Web. Okay. Uh, okay. After the father spares the life of a piglet from slaughtering it, it's the run to the litter. So right. you need your sort of... Who plays your run to the litter? Who voices if we're doing uh, the animated version? Even though he's the runt, he's still going to be a leading man. So I reckon you get like a Zac Efron. We'd probably do it. Don't you reckon? Zac okay. Efron's into stuff. 
Yeah, but it's got. It doesn't have to be like. Is younger, more goofy, as well. Yeah, but he does. He's doing comedy now. Have you not noticed? Zac Efron's doing like Baywatch and stuff. I think he wants to be a funny man. Yeah, okay, I can see that. I, how are you doing with that microphone? I, I, I think we're all right. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, all I right. mean, I could also hear you fiddling with the microphone. <laughs> Sorry, so that was why I was asking you Sorry. about it. Uh, uh, okay, all right. Uh, a little girl named Fern Arable. Uh, Amy Poehler. Nurtures Amy Poehler. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that works. Uh, nurtures the piglet lovingly, naming him Wilbur. On greater maturity, Wilbur is sold to Fern's uncle, Homer Zuckerman, in whose barnyard he is left yearning for companionship, but is snubbed by the other barn animals. Right. Uh, until befriended by a barn spider. Okay. So if you're updating Charlie. it as humans, yeah. kid new kid moves into town, he's yep. been is adopted. Maybe his parents died. He's from the wrong side of the track. Right. Starts at a new high school. Yeah. But he's shunned by the kids in the yeah, high school. Yeah, shunned by the other kids. And then he meets a girl a goth. at the computer lab. Yeah. And yeah but she's a goth. Yeah. A goth walking by the yeah. computer lab. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Okay. There you go. See, it's better as a live Yeah, you're action. right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> glad, we, glad we're getting this out of the way before you pitch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a live action film. It's an animated uh, film. <laughs> we didn't realize till we get to the pitch room. Uh, could you just give us a minute? Will, it's not a fucking live action film. We'll pitch both. <laughs> And see which one sounds better. We go back in the office, the door's locked. <laughs> they won't let us back in. Can we get out? We just get out we just get our pictures back. Okay, so I don't know if we know high school kids enough to um cast this in like No, we'll cast like yeah. adult, like Michael Sarah. <laughs> the big as Wilbur. No, I mean they've got to be kind of high school. Well, Is get, there any you know, get the kid from Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, of course. Everything the, everything the has kid the kid with a hat. Everything has the kids from Stranger Things in it, of course. But yes, yeah. that's what we do. We okay. get the kids from Stranger Things. Okay. And we get them in this. So, um all right. So who's the father then? The father spares the life. He's got to be someone who's sympathetic. He's not in it much, right? So yeah. like he's like so you could get a cameo maybe from somebody who like Grizzled. Know, Grizzled single dad. Yeah. Middle age. Oh, Jay. Uh, who's the guy from um, Friday Night Lights? Kyle Chandler. Oh, Kyle. Yeah, perfect. Kyle Chandler comes in just yeah. to do a little, and it's part of his Disney deal. Yeah. Or something. Well, no one does kind of like crumpled middle aged dad yeah. quite like Kyle. Resigned, Chandler. reliable, lovable. Yeah. will spare the Dependable. life of a runt piglet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Crumpled uh, but strong. Uh. So then, uh, yeah. So then, the kid. So the piglet in this case is yeah, actually the curly the head kid, kid from the curly head kid from Stranger Things. things. Uh, so a little girl uh, named Fern Arable nurtures the pig lovingly. What does that mean? Does she? Have, does he have like a? Uh, so uh, well, his parents died. Maybe it's like an Animal Kingdom type thing where his mum overdosed, and so right. he's just rough around the edges. So yeah. she nurtures him in an emotional sense. Like maybe she takes him shopping because he doesn't have any clothes for his first day of high school. Okay, nice. I like it. Uh, naming him Wilbur. Well, well, his name's just Wilbur. Well, God. Or maybe his name's like maybe else. Or, or maybe it's a dark vision where it's like there's like slavery has come back and her dad has bought like a slave for her or something. It's a Handmaid's Tale yeah. meets yeah. Charlotte's dystopian. Dark Web. It's a dystopian. It's a cyber dystopian. The future meets Charlotte's yeah. Web meets the Handmaid's Guys, guys, this pitch meeting has been over for half an hour. We're just yelling through the window. It's a Charlotte's, it's, it's Charlotte's Web cyber uh, thriller. A dystopian future with uh, overtones of uh, Gibson. I Mel Gibson, not William. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of just anti-Semitic shouting. Uh, all right. So, okay. So, Wilbur's in a new school. Um, he meets, meets Charlotte. That's basically what we're looking at, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, befriended by a barn spider named Charlotte, living on a web overlooking Wilbur's enclosure. Okay. Yeah, so, 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 Charlotte, the goth girl, lives up the street from him. She lives in a house at the top of the street. Yeah, that's so good, she, actually. She can... There's a scene because it's like, I, I'm feeling like we're doing one of those nostalgia 80s films. Well, could film. they even be in like she, a... Maybe he's looking through, he's got a telescope and he's looking through into her bedroom and he sees her like, and she turns around with a sign that says like, fuck you or something like that. One of those kind of 80s moment scenes. You know what? Like, I mean, stalking was a lot more fun in the 80s. Yeah. But yeah, no, okay. I can see that, right? Yeah. Yeah. She, cause she's we'll put a, a little spin on it. Yeah. We'll put a little spin on it. A modern feminist spin yeah. on it. She's in looking at that, In a way that only two guys can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, so they become friends. Right. Um, uh, upon Wilbur's discovery that he is intended for slaughter. Okay. So uh, set to military school. Sent to military school. 
Uh, she promises the Hatcher plan guaranteed to spare his life. He's got to get good grades. Yeah. Accordingly, she secretly weaves praise of him into her web, attracting publicity among Zuckerman's neighbours. She writes an article for him for the school newspaper, which oh, brings yeah. him acclaim. Right, okay, because she's, she's on the web all the time and she's using the newspaper as a front for yeah. her She's exposing, using her dark web activities. contacts to expose like... Corruption an, in the uh, An opium addiction in the town. Trying to overturn... Uh, Animal farming. Yes. Animal slaughter. There so that we go. can still have a spider and a pig yeah. in it. There'll be a little nod right? and wink scene. That's our nod and wink. Yeah. Because she's actually... Hey, what's that spider doing with that pig? Yeah, she's a vegan. Yeah. Yeah, right. And the and, pig's eating it. And they're trying... <laughs> <laughs> That's our post credit super. Yeah. We it's just a pig eating a, a spider. Pig eating a spider. For like this five... ain't your daddy's Charlotte's Web. <laughs> For five minutes. Just in real time, filled in real time, horrifying Hans Zimmer score. Really loud, crunching, slopping sounds as it chews it. Um, Okay, so um, so, uh, it becomes a popular divine intervention. As time passes, more inscriptions appear on Charlotte's webs, increasing his renown. Okay, so maybe... He's got to get good grades to stay yeah. at school. So he joins a school newspaper because you get extra credit, all right? Right. So she starts feeding him information from the dark web about something that's going on in the town. Right. But he's getting credit for it. So Jake Tapper from CNN's oh, interviewing him. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, because she's getting the secrets from the dark yeah, web. Yeah, But he's the yeah, voice he's the, of the yeah. dark web. <clears throat> that's and what she's that, using that's... him almost... As a friend, but also as a patsy, a way to get the truth out there. Yeah, totally. She's hacking elections left, right and center. Exactly. So nobody can discover her dark web. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. I love it. Okay. Nice. Mm. I feel like we're getting there. (laughs) So, um, all right. So uh, as time passes, more inscriptions appear on Charlotte's webs, uh, increasing his renown. Uh, Therefore, Wilbur is entered in the county fair, accompanied by Charlotte and the Rat Templeton whom she employs in gathering inspiration for her messages. Okay, so he's... He's got to do some... Like maybe it's like a speech. He's been invited to speak on Capitol Hill or something like that. Some junior newsies right. kind of event. Yeah, that's good. Uh, there, Charlotte spins an egg sack containing her... <laughs> Are we going to metaphor this shit? Containing her 514 unborn children. All <laughs> oh, right. This is all right. So it's a protest about women's bodies and their reproductive. She rights. goes. She raids an IVF clinic. Yeah, exactly. She gets uh, oh, five hundred forty. Eggs. Well, two hundred and fifty eggs, and then right. she gets twins. Right. <laughs> and Wilbur, despite winning no prizes, is later celebrated by the fair staff and visitors. Thus, made too uh, too prestigious to justify killing him. Exhausted, <laughs> apparent- so, so he gets the marks to not go to uh, military school. Yeah. Well, he helps maybe expose I mean, although we could, whatever was happening at the fertility it, clinic. It would be interesting just to keep that part of the narrative in where the dad is literally going to kill this kid. This kid that he's adopted is giving him like four weeks. If he doesn't fucking shape up, he will literally kill him. Uh, exhausted, apparently, by laying eggs, Charlotte remains at the fair and dies shortly following Wilbur's departure. Oh, my God. How do yeah. we do that? Well, this is your... Mo- well, maybe it's like a... Um, What's that fucking film that everyone loved about the, the girl with cancer, Falling of Our Stars, or It's Written in the Stars, or The Stars Are Falling? The Fault of Our Stars. The Fault is in Our Stars? There's a fault in the stars. <laughs> Faulty stars. How many people who worked at movie theatres do you imagine heard that exact thing when somebody was asking <laughs> One ticket, to please. To... To Faulty stars. It was like the opening of Faulty Towers yeah. where it was different. <laughs> Everyone was like, <laughs> the stars in our faulty? <laughs> Uh, you give her established Charlotte has a life-threatening illness. Uh, yeah. So oh, that's why she's trying to get all the secrets out. Yeah. That's why she's taking these risks. How does like, she... But what about the babies? <laughs> What's No, no, I think you're, she's trying to do all these causes. So part of it's like she's trying to free these animals from factory farming. She's trying to like... Somebody's... Yeah, doing some experimental IVF testing or something like that. Yeah. So she, or maybe even she's just trying to ch- save baby chickens or baby right. spiders. I like, don't think Charlotte the Spider had an ulterior motive. We're grafting a very negative characteristic onto the protagonist of our story. Or not a negative one. Like it's well, we're saying she's conniving and she's using. She doesn't really care about whether or not he like goes to jail or gets killed by the father. No, no, no. She's trying. <laughs> if to... he gets a bullet in the head from the unple- the father who's not pleased, then she'll no, just find another patsy. She's killing two birds with the one stone. Because she's like, A, needs to get this information out, but she knows that she needs 
like a friendly face, someone who, right. you know, like can put it out there and people will, you know, they'll like them. But also she's helping him not go to military school or whatever, you know. I guess. Dad that we've got be killed by his, his go to military school dad. slash be killed by his insane dad. <laughs> the father, uncle, uncle. Uncle. His parents are already dead. Uh, yes. So um, so Charlotte dies. Spoilers. Uh, having returned to Zuckerman's farm, Wilbur guards Charlotte's egg sack <laughs> and is saddened further when the new spiders depart sh- shortly after hatching. Oh, that's right. They shoot webs out of their bums and they fly away in the wind. Uh, the three smallest remain, however, runts, and take up resident in residence in the doorway where Charlotte used to live. Aww. Pleased at finding new friends, Wilbur names one of them Nellie, uh, while the remaining two name themselves Joy and Arania. Uh, the book then concludes... Ariana? Ariana, maybe? Ariana Grande? Ariania. 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 Uh, the book then concludes. That's why you don't let spiders name themselves. <laughs> They're no good at it. <laughs> Terrible at it. Was that? Is it Ariana? No, it's Arania. I'm a spider. I was a baby spider when I came up with my own name. So I guess it wasn't. A, I'm a spider. To be honest, it's great that I could come up with my own name. Sure. I put an extra A in there that it doesn't need. I was trying to go with Arena. I was really bad at spelling. Uh, the book then concludes by mentioning that more generations of spiders kept him company in subsequent years because spiders die heaps quicker than pigs. <laughs> and then the shot of him eating them. <laughs> just a five-minute unbroken take of Wilbur just chomping away on spider corpses. <laughs> he loves it. He's under a meal train. They, these little snacky little treats regenerate every year or so. Yeah, where did all the other spiders go, Wilbur? Oh, they, they went away by themselves. But these three decided to oh, stay. Oh, yeah, your, oh, mom, your, mom, mother, mom, your mother died mom. of natural causes and your brother just flew away. But don't right. worry, they went no. to another farm where <laughs> they could live free. <laughs> yeah, we didn't quite nail the, what the baby metaphor would be. I mean, how, what is in our live-action film, Charlotte dies, but what's he left with? Because it's a story about... Yeah. Is it a story about believing in yourself? Because he doesn't really do shit. I mean, Charlotte does engineers everything for him. Why should we like Wilbur? He's a he's a he just lucked into having a really good offsider. Yeah, it's kind of like this podcast. <laughs> well, also the other thing is Charlie. It's what what we do is it's a metaphor for you know this debate we're having in our society about you know the fact that like idiot men have been promoted and are more palatable with ideas than the intelligent women behind the scenes who are actually doing the work. So it's a perfect metaphor for our times when we flip it on our head and we make Charlotte the real hero yeah. and we talk about how fucking Wilbur just fucking lucked into it all. J- Jagged, Stupid yeah. spider He was. He's fucking dopey. Doesn't do shit. I mean, why should we feel sorry for him? Because he's a runt. He's been mollycoddled, privileged his entire no, life. he was a runt. Never wanted for anything. He was a runt who was going yeah, to be murdered but if he did, for being a runt. But the the the, the chick, and Charlotte, the, the his daughter, first nur- the daughter nurses him back to health. Yeah, Charlotte, bloody, you know, gets all his credits for him. It's like it's like the kid you went to high school with. His parents paid for a tutor to do all his exams. I mean, I don't. And think then that that's kid fair. graduates high school and gets some job in finance. Like they're all, it's always finance. You ask those guys what they're doing. They're like finance. It's like you were a dunce, and like you were terrible at school. And I know people were doing your homework for you. And you've somehow just walked into an eighty to ninety thousand dollar a year job in finance. What is that? Explain yourselves. <laughs> it's just you yelling at a pig. Yeah. <laughs> sir, sir, the farm's closed. <laughs> sir, sir, if you could just stop yelling about finance at the pig, and please leave the children's farm, <laughs> sir. Sir, you talked your way into here by saying you were from home and away and you were doing a public appearance. <laughs> Sir. Look, that pig is lying. Sir. That pig says he worked in finance. Sir, you put that tie on him, sir. <laughs> sir. You put that you put that calculator well, who else is doing under my, his horse. Who else is gonna do my tax this year? Sir, we need to tell you one more time. That this pig is not your accountant. All right, just get it to give me my, my protractor and my calculator sir, back. Sir, you sticky tape them to his hooves. <laughs> sir, back away from the pig. Uh, let's have a bathroom break All and right. we'll come back with More another comedy. really exciting episode. Oh, you get, are you warming up? Oh, commercial, commercial radio. radio. So, guys, stick around because after the break, we'll be back.
Now that's a bit more sexy, like Spoonman. Oh, that's right a bit there. late. Night You're gonna be right like, that's uh, uh, five. It's five minutes after the break. We'll be coming back with some uh, tri- with some fresh chat with funny Will Anderson. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That's about right on. Fresh chat. <laughs> fresh chat. The segment's called <laughs> Fresh Chat. Yeah, guys, welcome to Fresh Chat. Hey, what's Tofob about? Oh, it's mostly just fresh chat meets <laughs> improvisational jazz. Sometimes we reboot Charlotte's Web. What's your show about? What's your free radio show about? More after the break. We're back. We're back. Yeah, we're back. Post Charlotte's Dark Web. You got a, yep. you're chicken a Gatorade. Uh-huh. That's some that's some storytelling took it out of you. Yeah, I needed to get some um, fluids back. Sugar. In. <laughs> Sugar back in me. Yeah, it's and electrolytes. Then, you know I was missing, Charlie, after that conversation? What? Four electrolytes. <laughs> uh, sodium. Got it. Uh, oh, you know what? I uh, My eyes are getting bad. I've noticed in the last, like, couple of weeks that to read things, I've had to change, you know, how far away yeah, they yeah. are and put them in light. Uh, sodium, potassium. Isn't that salt? Yeah, both, so, right? Uh, so salt. I needed to salt get some salt. salt in me. Two kinds of salt. Calcium and magnesium. Bones. Salt. So basically salt. I just needed some salt. <laughs> I needed some salt in a bottle. Gatorade. It's salt in a bottle. <laughs> do you find, do you, are you drinking that because it's sweet? Would you drink water normally or it's just like the sugar make, makes you want to drink that? So um, I have, uh, as I, I spoke about on the podcast, and I regret it immediately speaking about on the podcast because the minute you talk on the podcast about the fact that I was having a break from drinking for a while, I had so many people. And I know that some of them were just being well-intentioned, yes. but kind of like opening their arms into my into the world of non-drinking in a way that I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I don't want to be part of some non-drinking table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like drinking and I'm not going to be part of the whole, you know, and now everything in my life is better because of not drinking. I don't even understand why anyone would drink. Oh, I understand. I've, I've drunk for all the reasons that people would drink and I understand each and every one of them. Um, I had one dude, and again, these are people being generous, Charlie. Mm. I'm not... You know, I'm not overly mad at it, but I will say when you read a lot of them in a row in a day, it can get to the point where there was another guy who generously, again, this is more about me than it is about him, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, who was like, you know, and, you know, I live here and, you know, I could always train you if you want. And I'm like, this is not me getting healthy. No. I don't want to, like, I'm quitting one thing. I'm quitting one thing. Don't worry, I play six other instruments. Don't that, worry about that's it. That's me. Yeah, that's like Dave Grohl just saying, I'm not going to play drums anymore. Yeah. I'm still going to sing and play the guitar <laughs> and we're still going to tour. I just We're just going to get a drummer in. That'll be fine. So what I've found is I drink water mostly mm. and then just occasionally to break it up after a while, you're just like, I've got to drink something else. I got this, um, I try and drink like a, around like a full bottle of water when I wake up about 750 mils just to kind of flush the system but i found it so hard because first thing in the morning water tastes like water (laughs) but there's some health supplement which is completely i'm sure like you know illegal in 10 countries where you can put it in your drink and like it's just coffee basically it's guarana and stuff you put it in your drink but it makes it taste a little bit sweet so i can do like a full like 750 mil drink of that but then I'm wired for right. the next like three hours. Yeah. You know what really makes water taste good? Meth. <laughs> I've got this product I found on Charlotte's Dark Web and I've just been getting so much done. You wouldn't believe it. I haven't slept <laughs> since 2016. But no sugar though, Will. Uh, yeah, but my... my I don't actually know. That. I like I'm the sure sugar. There's... I've been craving. I was telling you before that my body clearly, you know, is craving the sugar from the alcohol more than anything because yeah. I've started back into my world of eating like desserts and I don't cakes know if we mentioned and... it last week, but in my uh, Charlie's European vacation holiday, I ate a croissant every day for five weeks. Five weeks every day. Every day had a croissant. Well, in Europe, sometimes more. In Europe, it they just... give it to you at breakfast. Right. What am I going to do? Turn down a croissant? Right. And it's a cultural experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, when tourists come to Australia and they, you know, throw a boomerang every day. You but know. here's the thing. A lot of the places I, I stayed, they would have like one of those buffets included, like go down and help yourself to breakfast in the right. morning. 
Now, I don't know if it's like growing up in a big family where food was scarce, but when I go to a buffet, like I wouldn't ordinarily eat like this. I will have four courses minimum to start breakfast. Like I will go, whatever they've got on offer, whatever country it is, whatever their odd idea of breakfast is, like it's, you know, some weird pickled vegetables you've never seen before and like a boiled egg and a pile of rice or something. That's not breakfast, but I'll try it. But I will do that. Like I, I normally start with like fruit and then I'll move on if there's cheeses or like cured meats or what, I have a bit of a cheese and cured meat. Then I go for the hot breakfast and then it's time for pastries, which can include like up to four or five different ones, danishes, banana breads. I know what you mean, because it's one of those things where particularly, you know, traveling for work, often, you know, the breakfast is included. So I've, I've seen buffets all over the world. And there is something about... I've seen buffets all over the world. I've been to buffets that never shut down. <laughs> uh, fruit salad and pastries and white bread Melon. and brown. <laughs> nice. Uh, but it is that sort of thing where you're just like, if there's fruit salad and yogurt and like, you know, some sort of cereal arrangement, I'm like, I always think I should have that before yeah. I get into the other yeah, stuff. That all just, right. Yeah, put some nutrients, lay down some nutrients and then right. I can pour whatever I want on top. But what I should do is not have that. Because no. I'm still going to eat the equal amount of all the delicious things <laughs> and I can save my fucking yogurt and muesli for when I'm at home. Yeah. You know, and I eat yogurt and muesli. Like, it's it's complete waste of space in yeah, that it's situation. Yeah, it's all calories. I'm the same. It's like, yeah. well, I had a lot of vegetables at lunch, which right. means I can have this donut. It's like, well, no, there is still calories in the vegetables. There's just less than the donut. Yeah, yeah. No, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I'd rather than having like, you know, a bowl of cereal and like, you know, some fruit. I'm just going to use those same calories by putting butter on this toasted cheese sandwich. I don't know if this is traditional in Portugal, but where we're staying, they had breakfast donuts. Breakfast donuts, Will. Three kinds. Like what? What were the kinds? Were they so normally like, shaped donuts? Uh, no, they're a bit smaller. So that you had two filling ones and one ring donut. Right. So the ring donut was just sugar dusted. Wasn't yep. glazed, just sugar dusted. But about about the size about the size of my fist. No, okay. not my fist. A like, normal person's fist, like or? a diaphragm. A, okay. a diaphragm you put in your vagina to stop yourself getting pregnant. <laughs> one of them diaphragms, right? But they don't normally have a hole in the middle. That would be counterproductive. <laughs> And then, That's why donut diaphragms went out of business in the first place. And then the two filled donutaphrams. <laughs> well, like the ones you get the footy, sort of small jam ball. One was jam, and one was like a lemon, like a lemon custard or something. Okay, sure. Oh man, it was hard to resist. I even did a little. Well, I think breakfast is a, a good little time person. For a donut because... I thought of a little person named Will Anderson when I was eating breakfast because I'm like, well, those cakes are just going to go to waste, right? So I put some napkins in my pockets. <laughs> And went and filled my pockets and took it up to my bedroom to eat later. Uh, the gold, Thank you, Will. The Cool and Gutter Airport uh, had particularly delicious chocolate biscuits. They didn't have your standard sort of Qantas Lounge, you know, cheap, cheap yeah. version chocolate biscuit. They had like the sort of like delicious... Chocolate coated? No, oh. like the sort of like a big chocolate cookie like oh, you would yeah, buy, yeah, yeah. like, you know, ones. in it. Like, yeah. And so that was just their standard like cookie. Like Mrs. Fields ones. Yeah, like a Mrs. Yeah. Fields like chocolate yeah. cookie was just in their cookie jar. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm going to take five of those. <laughs> because Five? Well, I ate a couple in the lounge, but I kept a couple for All the right. flight. Yeah. Well, my logic in that situation though was when the meal came around, I didn't like the, the choices in the meal. And I'm like, well, that's great. Because now that I haven't had that bit of bread and that soup, I didn't I can like, enjoy some more now cookies. Now I can have a couple more cookies. What, what's your, like, if you're eating a, a packet of biscuits, right? Like, just say there's 12 biscuits in a packet. Sure. What is the, What sort of biscuits are there? Uh, whatever your favorite no, is. No, because it depends. But, like, on the... Well, like, just say it's Tim Tams, right? Okay. What is your point of no return? Just say you're really hungry, right? And you've said to yourself, I'll have four. And then you get to... Halfway is halfway the point of no return, or do you have to get beyond halfway? And you're like, well, fuck, it's more than half. I'll finish the pack. Depends on whether Amy knows that there are Tim Tams in the house or not. <laughs> you're right. The level of your shame. Right. Exactly. You yeah. can't leave two because that's just going to be. She'll know that you ate the other nine Tim Tams, right? You know. Um, I think that I, I I rarely eat an entire packet of biscuits. I will say I like a, a richer biscuit. 
Right. So I'm one of those oh, people do. who likes a... When I, when I was staying at your apartment in LA, I was like, what are these fancy biscuits? Yeah, I like... I found... I replaced them because I ate all of them. Yeah, <laughs> and then I, I went and replaced them. I, I like them. a delicious biscuit. Yes. Like, I am... I love biscuits. Fancy biscuits. Fancy biscuits. I do like a fancy yeah. biscuit. It's yeah. a bit like what you'd see in an old lady's house. Yeah. <laughs> well, it comes from that. I think it comes from my nana. Right. Like being a Feeding feeder. biscuits. Like she was. She yeah. used to make slices and biscuits and cake. And I still have... That reaction to, yeah. like, I love to sit down with, when I was in Byron Bay, like, every day, like, I would go for a swim, and then I would go past this cafe that had, like, this selection of, like, amazing different, so, like, I had a cheesecake one day, and I had, like, carrot cake the next day, yeah. and, like, I just made it part of my schedule, like, every day, I had a piece of cake at this same place, and, like, a, a coffee and a piece of cake to me is just, like, but a biscuit the same. Like they had nice biscuits in the place I was staying. They were yeah. a good a good biscuit is underrated. Yeah. I, when I was in the lounge before I left uh, LA, they had a couple of really good biscuits. Like one was like a chocolate chip, the big square. Yep, the big square chunks. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. I do. And the other one was like a shortbread with cranberry. It was delicious. They were so good. And I'd just eaten three or four courses before, and then I realized there was biscuits because I'd committed to the cake as my dessert. Uh-huh. And then I ate that, and I ate quite a big chunk because I'm like, this is dessert. And I'm like, oh, there's fucking biscuits too. I'm sure I can squeeze a couple in. I did not eat on the flight. I would all. say that biscuits are more consistent than cake. I-, I love cake, but cake can go wrong if it's like... Cake's my third favorite. I would say, like, dependable Alan Border, your you biscuit, right? Yeah. It's the Alan Border of Yeah, desserts. your biscuit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you can't go too can't wrong, go wrong with, with a biscuit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say for me, pie. Like a good pie is like number one dessert. So like a great apple pie, great peach cobbler pie, mm. key lime pie. Yeah. I'll go all over the shop. Like I like a key lime pie. pie. I like, but I generally like a fruit pie with yeah. a with a nice shortbread pastry. Okay. Yeah, and then with ice cream as well, vanilla ice. Where cream. Where would you put slices? Like you know, like a caramel slice or like a lemon slice or like uh, a- probably third beneath biscuits. But in front of cake. But in front of cake. Yeah. Well, like you say, cake is... For me, cakes are too rich. I like a simple cake. Okay. Like, the cake I had the the other day was like strawberries and cream and icing. It was just too much. Like a simple cake, Will. (laughs) Like cakes like I like my women. (laughs) Simple. Um, all right, we should uh, start to wind it up because I have to go and uh, find our sick cat who is... Yeah, he's no good, um, unfortunately. But um, he's well enough that he's going out during the day again now. So, um, but he's having a little bit more trouble coming home at night. So I need to do a bit of a, a search and and find him and how do you put him in for the night? I uh, when I was uh, staying with Jem's dad on his boat, he's got two cats that live uh-huh. on the boat with him, and so I was very uh, uh, I got a quick introduction to cat life because I haven't had it since I was a kid. I had a as a child growing up, but it spent more time with my sisters and with me. So I really saw the different interaction, like the cat interaction. How do you go rounding a cat up? Don't they just kind of, like, did they respond? Like the cats that he had, they didn't really respond to voice commands. You, They would acknowledge the voice command and then the execution of the command was up to them. The cat would just look at you like, you know, I don't understand you, right? <laughs> like, I, I don't speak your language. Like you keep talking to me like I understand you. But it doesn't matter how many times, like essentially cats look at us like, you know, people who yell at tourists, yeah. people who see someone who speaks in a different language and they just decide to speak louder. Yeah. Uh, that's what c- cats look at a human beings like, because we're just like telling them to do well, this. this, and this like, cat. I'm a cat. Rogers, I don't understand you, mate. Ro- I don't even understand this. I have no concept of your material world. Yeah. So I don't understand ownership. I don't understand that you own this boat. Yeah. I don't understand what a boat is. Yeah. I'm just going somewhere, mate. Stop yelling at Roger's me. Roger's cat, he rescued it. He rescued it from the water. He was moored somewhere and heard this cat meowing and it was clinging to the rope of his boat. So he's yeah. nurtured this thing uh, back to life and it travels everywhere with him now. And it's incredibly adventurous and loyal. Like it would follow us to and from the gate. It would come on the boat with us, was not afraid of water or whatever. But that attitude of, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but this is pretty sure this is my domain. Right. Anytime you bent over to like 
uh, do your shoes or you drop something, whatever, the cat would just jump onto your back and stand there as if, oh, great. Right. Another place to lie. Right. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, this, I'm a human. I just bend over for a second. Yeah. No, no, you stay there. I'm going to have a nap. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Another landmass. It's warm. I'm going to lie here for a while. I'm a cat, mate. <laughs> you're, you're playing by your rules, but I'm playing by my rules. I don't understand your rules. Again, I don't understand your language. <laughs> Stop trying to talk to me. I'm a cat. I've got stuff to do. Where's my food? All right, promote your shows. Okay, yeah. So um, uh, I am touring all around this country, but I'm starting at the Adelaide Fringe Festival, which I'm doing fewer shows this year because I have some radio commitments. Uh, two weekends, just Thursday through Sunday. Uh, here's what I will say about it is it's selling really well. Great. Adelaide is one of those places where traditionally they're a bit of a slow seller. You yeah. don't judge how you're going in the rest of the country by how you're going in Adelaide, it's fair to say. Um, selling uh, about double what we'd sold at this stage this year. So if you do want to come and see the show, There's a lot shows, of people who want to hear about you getting arrested. So, yeah, the whole show's about me getting arrested. So, and I've just done... Well, a, I guess a lot of people in Adelaide could identify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mate, here's what I will say. I did my shows uh, up at Brunswick Heads and... I attract either a lot of people have been arrested or I have a specific demographic that like people will be from various walks of life, but they've all been arrested. <laughs> like the numbers were disproportionate to what I thought they would be. It was at least half the room every night. Wow. So anyway, the whole story is about being arrested. Um, yeah, so I'm doing it in Adelaide for two weekends, uh, then uh, Brisbane Comedy Festival after that, then Melbourne International Comedy Festival, which... Uh, is my biggest run, of course, and my big home festival. The first time I'll ever be, uh, for 16 years or 17 years, I'll actually be living in Melbourne while doing the festival, which I'm really looking forward to doing. So uh, buy tickets to come and see that. They're going to be really cool. There's a, uh, I was about to say, if you're deaf and listening to this podcast, which is probably... <laughs> you probably wish you were. <laughs> if you know someone who is deaf and they would like to come and see the show, I'm doing an Auslan show at Melbourne again this year. Uh, which was great fun last year. And then after that, the Perth Comedy Festival, there'll be Sydney shows and other shows around the country at other stages. But that's all on sale now. Buy some tickets. That'd be cool. And it's also probably worth mentioning that we won't be doing a show at uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival this yes. year. It's been a bit of a standard for the last few years, but I'm not going to be here. You're doing 100 million things. We just thought maybe we'd... Uh, off, off the... The triumph of the Opera House. We thought maybe we'd rest, retire. Rest the format. From live <laughs> and just wait till one of us contracts a disease. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're waiting on, basically we're going to do our terminally ill tour at some stage. We're just both waiting on the results <laughs> to see which of us it is that's dying first. Uh, so, so we can theme the art around that. Uh, the other thing I would say is uh, Fosdyke and I have been working on Quantum Cop, the comic book. In fact, Fosdyke uh, delivered the first page in classic Fosdyke tradition he got in touch with me and said hey look i really like quantum cop would you be interested in doing it as a comic book really simple like four or five panels yeah <laughs> as it turns out he sends me the first page in which i wrote for him a script that i thought would be like eight panels and he's gone look dude we've taken up this much room already and i said well you know what let's just wait till the other half of the story is done so it's going to be a two-page comic book which is a lot bigger than what we thought but uh, you've seen the first page it looks pretty great yeah it's amazing it was actually my screensaver for a while until my computer decided it wasn't anymore i just turned <laughs> my computer on one day and it had gone i'm sick of this shit but yeah no it's amazing he's done a great job with it and uh his art has been stolen all over the internet yeah uh, so it's worth us uh repeating as we did last time that if you want to buy anything that is Tofop art, that is Dollop art, that is James Fosdyke art, that is, he's done all the stuff for my shows, he's done the new poster, which if you haven't seen the Will Eagle poster, it's amazing, like me in the back of a divvy van and, you know, the cops in front and it's like, it's just going to look amazing, there'll be backdrops of that for the shows and stuff. He is a, a brilliant artist who does a, what, how often does the, uh, the strip for the Patreon come out? Uh, well, when it was in full flight, it was every two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So on he, top of his like zillion other clients yeah, as well. He, he's done so much stuff for us always at a sort of rate that is, you know, just been amazing for us. Yeah. And then our souls out there on the internet have been stealing his stuff and selling it to people, selling it to people who I'm sure thought the money was going to him and they thought that they were supporting him. So yeah. if you want to find any of his stuff, it is on Redbubble. Redbubble. That is the Mr. Foz. Redbubble.com, Mr. Foz. Mr. Foz, I think that's what it's called. Okay. If you go to our Facebook page, uh, Mike Hal's put up a link. But yeah, if you want to get any official Tofop or Friends of Tofop merchandise, go yeah. there. And also, like, you know, just fucking don't steal shit, fucking pricks. 
Yeah. Like, that's easy, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't mean, steal from artists, too. Like, of all the people to steal from, fucking hell. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, Foz, the, the process that he had to go through with one of those companies in particular, where, you know, he was sending, like, thousands of, you know, examples. 2,000. This is a guy who is meant to be doing his job. <laughs> that's a day of him when he should have been just, like, you know, working on some project he was getting paid for and feeding his family. Mm. He, he was, you know, having to respond to this because he has to go through this process because someone else is nicking his shit. So, yeah. it's... um. It's it's absolutely no good. Fuck the so, fuckers su- and support, support him in the right support him in the right places and spread the word about the companies who are doing the wrong things. Yeah, um, is that it? Gee, it's an aggressive ending. Say something funny, funny guy. <laughs> well, that's an aggressive way to get to me to it as well. That's not how I best respond, Charlie. I, I, All right, let me. You know let what, me, Charlie? Let me take Lawrence Charlie, advice. can I give you a little bit of advice? <laughs> yes. You attract more flies <laughs> with honey than you do vinegar. And you just gave me a little bit of vinegar instead of some honey. Well, let me ask, Will, could you give me a hand ending the show by saying something funny? Oh, Charlie. Suddenly, I feel like I'm on your side and I want to say something funny. I don't have anything to say, <laughs> but I was on your side. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>